Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms on YouTube. Subscribe once, like once, like twice, do it all, do it twice, do it 10 times. All right, joining me today, Javon Shepard, radio analyst for TSN, former pro, played for Team Canada for 14 years, a loyal member. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Happy to be here and just talk some hoops and enjoy this. I know everybody's on an emotional roller coaster with our, with our raps, but... Including me, yeah. Sports, yep. man. This sports. This, this is why we love it. This is why it's a drug for us. Yeah, the drug is a little too addictive right now. Yeah. I, I gotta say, uh, we're not gonna spend too much time on the Timberwolves game because the Raptors play twice on the weekend. But just your your thoughts from that game. What's uh, what stood out to you? Ah, uh, you know, I, one. I think we have to state the obvious. It's just it's a little deflating just to see how you know mm. we lost that game and probably took the air out of you know a lot of fans, a lot of the Raptors enthusiasts. But just looking at how you know, the squad played. And this was one of the games where offense was, was clicking, right. They were making it's been clicking. You know, it's been and, clicking actually. Oh, I mean, for the most part, but yeah, sorry. Right. Scotty had himself a good game and, you know, a number of guys were, were really playing well. And I even thought like the bench came in and contributed. Precious had himself some valuable minutes. Um, and our boy, Joe, know, Joe, came in and man. sniper, right. They always play. Right. Uh, and the, the, the tough part was you go into the fourth quarter and, and Jonesy and I were on air and I said, you know, obviously it's the last lap of the track, but you've really got to be careful here. Right. Because you're playing a Minnesota team that's at home. You're playing a Minnesota team that's the short man. Right. Without Rudy Gobert, without Carl Towns, they have nothing to absolutely nothing to lose. Right. They came came off a, a back to back against Denver. Where they lost the game in the last two what was a two fifty. They just went scoreless. And then you have a hungry guy like. And Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, that these guys are just go out there and they just hoop, right? Yeah. And we've seen we've seen that in the fourth quarter that crumble, um, and then the Raptors just went away from what they were having success with in the first three quarters. Um, ball started to stick a bit, really weren't getting quality shots. Gave Minnesota opportunity, gave them confidence. And when you have a team like that, a home team, especially, and they stick around, they make one or two baskets and get one or two stops. This is the NBA. Right. It's, it's the best league in the world. It's hard to win like that. Um, but, you know, I think if you're the guys in that locker room, like you, you've still got to stay positive. Right. You still got to find ways. I think this is also part of the, the learning process is mm. you know, how to win games. Right. Learning how to win games. And we're seeing that right now. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks where you're losing close games. And, you know, that's the important piece. The big thing for me is. You know, who's going to step up as as a leader? Who's going to be the lock the guy in the locker room that, you know, those other 14 guys fear when when he steps up and says something, he's holding everybody accountable. When he says be here for dinner, you know, everybody's there sitting down and, and as a team for dinner. Cause I think that sort of stuff rolls over into the chemistry on the court and hmm. the cohesiveness on the court. And I think 
that that that's that that missing piece right now um in terms of just being able to close right and you know the the luxury of this team is that there's a lot of talent there's a lot of guys that step up at different times at different points but that's also the curse as well it's like you're getting yeah. two guys step up you know today and have a really good game here I mean two mm. guys two different guys tomorrow step up yeah really have some good games and it needs to be by committee with this unit right you need four or five guys that on a on every night you you know what you're going to get from them so i think that's yeah. really where you know the frustration lies and then the inconsistencies in the on the defensive end the offensive end and and it's translated to the wins yeah you touched on a lot of really important things there on the wolves game um it, it seemed like their offense was clicking, you know, early fourth quarter, Scotty makes a shoot, few shots. So he's getting downhill. And then they just started to spam Pascal Siakam um, a lot of possessions. And, you know, that, that can be uh, valuable. That can be good for your offense in the right situations. And uh, this is something I wanted to ask you about, and we'll get to this in a second, but Pascal, you know, past 10 games or so, his numbers have dipped a little bit. His field goal percentage has dipped. And I think it's not because he's playing worse. I think, you know, his assists are still up there. Teams are guarding him differently. And they're, you know, they're capitalizing on some things that he's still trying to to learn about when in terms of his handle, in terms of being able to go different directions. And uh, Minnesota, they're on top of that stuff, you know, especially late in the fourth quarter. You know, Anthony Edwards, he was locked in on playing defense and the Raptors were trying to attack him and it wasn't going well. And when you talk about, you know, trusting trusting the ball movement, and that's what I've seen over the last 10 games or so is that the ball is moving better and you're getting back into what they were last year where it was like, we can get you any different way. While at points this year, it's been like, now it's going to be this guy. Now it's going to be that guy. It's not just like a fluid thing. You know, if you're going to be a team that's like about offense by committee, then you have to be unselfish. You have to be willing to make that extra pass. And Sometimes they do it, other times they don't, and especially late in games, they get hesitant and they stop trusting that process. And that is, I think, a default for a lot of teams, right? It's easier just to pass it to insert here and just say, go one-on-one and try to make a play for us. And that's what they were doing, and it wasn't going well last night. There were some makeable shots that were missed, and that's going to happen. But there were a lot of possessions that just, they, they weren't good shots for their offense at that juncture of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of that also has to do with, you know, when when you're losing, the guys on the team often think, okay, I can do more. I want to do more. I want more mm-hmm. minutes. I want more shots. I want more opportunity because I feel like I can contribute to winning, right? It's mm-hmm. also the reason why they're playing on the level that they are, playing at the NBA levels, that they have that belief. They have that trust in themselves. They have that irrational confidence to think, I can help. I can contribute. So yeah. sometimes when you get in those situations, uh, you tend to 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 want to put the the weight of bear the weight of the responsibility on your shoulders. So you, mm-hmm. you start to get to one on one basketball or take some ill advised shots at inappropriate times or you know just think that you can take over the game. Now, yeah. again, it's it's a it's almost a gift and a curse because I believe I can do more. I want to sure. show the coaches, I want to show the front office that I'm more deserving. Right. And you, you get into that play and some, you know, sometimes it works. Oftentimes it doesn't. Right. And you, you yeah. crumble. And then that's where, you know, to my point earlier is where you need a really good, like vocal leader. You need a guy in a locker room that guys fear that can really reel everybody in and not to say not to take away from anybody, but put them in position to be the most successful. Right. And really utilize their skill sets really and not get carried away in the, you know, what I, what I 
my personal agenda in trying yeah. to to showcase it on a you know in a fourth quarter on a you know a grand stage where it can be compromising to a team and that's that's mm-hmm. you know a tough balance between maturity um being in the league being playing at that level for a while and just understanding when to press the gas when to pull the brakes a bit mm-hmm. it's also it's a, it's a combination of you know coaching staff knowing their players and how to communicate with their players it's a combination of players understanding each other right and i think you have a Raptors team as well that's that has a couple guys in unique situations, right? Some really young, talented guys, some guys that are trying to prove themselves, some guys that are veterans that have had some success, yeah. Um, but still have still have a chip on their shoulder because they really haven't got their just due. So everybody's still trying to st- still trying to prove themselves in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes you know that may get in the way of it. And but I I personally I will take that because it's guys that. They want to do more. They want to compete. They want to prove, right? So sure. I'm okay with it. And I think, you know, we were talking, you know, off air before we jumped on here. I don't think this team is is as far away as the record suggests. I don't think so either. I'm, I'm not from the camp of, you know, blow this up and, yeah. you know, this guy's got to go. This guy's got to go. There's a reason why, you know, when, when the rumor mill starts, starts going around trade deadline, there's a reason why a number of teams are salivating at the potential mm-hmm. possibilities of grasping, getting a hand on yeah. some of these Raptors players, right? They're sure. valuable pieces, right? So yeah, I'm not from the camp of, Hey, like we've got to blow this thing up tomorrow. Um, the reality is when you look at teams and obviously this team won the championship in 2019, when you look at other teams across the league that are championship teams, they have a dip, you know, two or three years later, you know, Lakers are case in point. Just two years ago, they're a championship team. But what happens with those teams is that they're good teams and championship teams are comprised of, you know, some good young pieces, some really good veterans that are probably at the point of their career that, yeah, just about to hit that D card, right? And some young players that contribute and, you know, earn themselves more lucrative contracts veterans now start to take that decline so there's not that there's not as much need for those those veterans and we've seen it with um um gasol um ibaka and those pieces go those pieces go right and then those young pieces end up on other teams for more lucrative deals because Mm -hmm. they've earned it and then you're really stuck with just a skeleton to build from right and usually that takes a hit so i think this is a part of what we're experiencing as well. You touched on something about um, who's going to be the person that's going to galvanize the group when things aren't going their way. And I think most would think that would be Fred. Fred's taken on that that role. And uh, recently he's played well. I mean, the past four games, I believe, um, the numbers have been much better. We're seeing him hit some of those pull-ups. He's taking shots off the dribble. Um, everything just looks like this is the Fred that we were expecting. But within that, though, you think about the next game late, late, in the situation and uh it, i guess he forgot the score or maybe he thought they had a uh, foul to give or something and they won that game but then last night um he puts the d'angelo russell on the line you know it was a, a tie game and he gets two free throws out of it because fred got his hand caught in the cookie jar and then you know the possession afterwards uh actually i want to get your thoughts on the the final play call with pascal um do you think that the Raptors should have taken the ball to the halfway point or, or did you agree with them taking the ball the full length of the court with nine seconds left? I kind of like the idea. The I, shot was decent, but yeah. I kind of like the full length because you get a number of opportunities there, right? When you, yeah. when you get the, you know, Pascal going 
full length, you get that momentum going. And at that, you also get a chance to attack the basket, right? You still get a good opportunity out of it. Um, you go to the half court now, advance to the half court, you're, it's, it's a bit more jumbled, right? So there's different philosophies, different ways to look at it, but was it a, was it a bad option? No, you still got a, a decent shot out of it, right? So yeah. it's a make or miss league. Make that, you know, we're talking about, we're not having the same conversation today. So the Raptors, um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they've lost a lot of games in uh, crunch time. And then if you just look at this over the past two weeks, you know, they're 2025 right now, had they beat the Bucs, and this is all a bit of coulda, shoulda, woulda, but the point is, is that if they had beaten the Bucs, who were, you know, decimated by injuries, if they beat the Wolves last night, who were missing Gobert and Cat, they would be 23 and 22, and they would be eighth, and they'd be a game and a half out of sixth. So the Eastern Conference as a whole, every every each conference actually is very, it's very jumbled. Um, there's just a lot of good teams in the NBA right now, and frankly, you know, the team that is finishing six this year is probably going to have a worse record than the team that finished you know, six last year. That's just the nature of things right now. So they are not that far away, and I think we've been saying that for like you know a month or so, right? They're not that far away. They're not that far away. But then they keep on losing. Um, so the trade deadline is not too far away. What do you think Raptors management is uh, thinking about at this point? Are, are they, I mean, they're, the Raptors are like projected to be one of the more interesting teams at the trade deadline. And I think most teams are wondering, like, what are the Raptors going to do? And I'm wondering if they even know right now. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? It, that's a great question. And I think the big part to that and the underlying lie there, the underlying story there is, you're not just evaluating your team, right? Because that that's the that's actually the easy part. Mm-hmm. But you've got to understand that there's there's three things you're evaluating. Your respective team, if you're Messiah and Bobby in this instance, but you're also evaluating the rest of the NBA market. Sure. Right. And, and what is what is available, right? Yeah. Because if there's nothing available and there's there's only pieces that are gonna improve your team marginally, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a move to really make, right? You, you, I think we all we all look at it different. Coaches and fans are a bit more, you know, short-sighted in, in, in that sense because they want things a bit more urgent. They want it a bit more, you know, right now. From a front office perspective, you're looking at it from a holistic approach, from the, the organization, from a, a four, five, eight-year plan, right? They're synonymous mm-hmm. with, with contracts, right? And as opposed to, man, we need to win right now. Fans want a, a winning team right now. And want to be a contending team right now. So is the market the same right now that it then it would be, you know, let's just say in June leading up to the draft deadline? No, because there's going to be more teams that are a bit more aggressive, a bit more volatile with their assets going yeah. into, you know, um the draft uh, draft night. So you don't necessarily know what's going to be available right now. And to me personally, oh sorry. And thirdly, you also have to un- have a great understanding and evaluation of the upcoming draft and those prospects, right? And where, yeah. you know, a team could fall and does it make sense? Are the teams that are, you know, are the players that have an extremely high uh, ceiling, are the players that can have impact right now, are there generational talents in those drafts, right? Mm. And the thing that we we often forget that it's it's the, it's called the lottery for a reason, right? <laughs> you know, those, if you, if you date back and look at the last, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight drafts, any yeah. percent of those players, I'll, I'll even, you know, increase that number 90 percent of those players become rotational guys or guys that are out the league in you know four years right and it's not you're not always guaranteed a stud Mm. at 
you know, your, your picks one through three. Oftentimes, you know, you could look at Joker. And that's a second round guy. You look at Giannis, that was a, a you know, a 15th pick. Pascal, yeah. a late pick, right? There's there's really no, especially now where the second round and the first is there's not as much difference. It's more, sure. it's more about the the situation and guys capitalizing on those opportunities, right? You look at a guy like Desmond Bain, who's the last pick in the draft, picked right after Malachi Flynn. You look at the career he's starting to have. Oh, I think draft, Raptor right? fans are well aware of that, but yes. Right. And that's that's <laughs> yeah. you know, in hindsight, if Bain was was a Raptor, he may not have has to uh, start to have the career he's having right now because the opportunity mm. may not have been there, yeah. right? So it's not just about the players. It's- if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the situations. Um, hmm. So you can't really just rely on draft. You can't just rely on, hey, I, you know, I need this guy to my team gone or, you know, fans hmm. feel this guy goes is going to be the answer. You got to understand contracts. You also got to understand what is actually available because if there's nothing out there, what are you getting, right? And we often yeah. forget that, you know, you're not, you may not, have a perfect player and you're you're you you know even if you trade you know a guy that's imperfect and you know not playing the best basketball you also don't know what you're getting right because until they're you know you're watching them for 82 games until you're in the locker room with them until you're practicing with them day in day out every player comes with flaws right there's no you know michael jordan's not walking through that that door larry bird magic johnson they're not walking through that door yeah right so it's you've got to understand like there's a risk and a reward to everything this goes right to the the next point uh, pretty well, actually, because you look at the Raptors starting lineup and uh, there is a lot of talent. There's no doubt about that. As you said, that's why NBA teams are calling about what the Raptors deal is. Um, but you could you know, suggest that maybe the roles are just a little bit off, right? You have a lot of guys who are early in their careers or in the prime of their careers who probably want to capitalize on that. They want to get their touches in. They want to keep on improving. They want to get their shots up. And that's not to say that they're selfish because I don't think anyone in that starting lineup is selfish. That's not what I'm getting at. I think it's just, um, it's a bit of a, a wiring thing. And sometimes you, when you have more ability, it's it can be tough at times to be asked to do a little bit less, right? Human nature, 
listen, listen. When the selfish conversation starts to swirl around, I often say, do you see the type of money that the NBA is handing out? Yeah. If any one of us were in those situations, we want our numbers too, because that mm-hmm. is going to feed our families, going to feed our generations to come. So I, I understand that. I think we're sometimes we're a little unfair and we're a little hard. To there's a there's a ton of money on the table yeah. for these guys, right? And this is this yeah. is life-changing money for generations to come. I sure. can understand some of the selfishness. Yeah, 100 percent And so with that in mind, um, do you think there is a an issue with the role distribution in that starting lineup? Again, last year it was a very fun stat. You know, they had five guys averaging over 15 points per game. I loved it. And I think it's very similar right now. Um, but in the end, you know, sometimes you do need a little bit, uh, you know, a stay-at-home defenseman, so to speak, right? And need some of those people on offense too. So what do you think is missing in the starting lineup uh, for the Raptors? What would you say? I would just say it's it's just, just finding the balance, right? Just finding the balance. Yeah. And we've seen it throughout the year where, okay, you know, Scotty plays well and Fred plays well, but that comes at a cost to Pascal. That comes at a cost to OG. Yeah. We've seen times where Pascal's played well and and let's just say um, Precious yeah. or Pascal and Gary have sure. played well. And that's come at a cost to to Fred and Scotty. And Vice. So we've seen this this seesaw battle for, you know, the course of, of you know, the season so far. Um, and that just tells me there's a lot of guys with a, with a lot of talent there. Right. So to, mm-hmm. to is there a perfect answer? No. Um, I, I think that just boils back down to my point before in just, you know, maybe sometimes less is more, right? Somebody scaling back on, you know, the, their their output um on the court and just being more vocal, being more of a, a leader and just understanding, like take, taking a step back and looking at his team saying, Okay, wait, if this guy's in this position, um, he's going to be extremely successful. This guy's, I get him in the, in the best position for him to be successful. And we start to put this together. Yeah. We, we have something, right. And I mean, sometimes we see that, that frustration boiling over with guys. Cause you know, it's no secret. Like we've seen OG with his shoulders sh- um, shrugged. We've seen, you know, yeah. Fred frustrated a bit. We've seen Scotty early in the scene, just emotionally not engaged and so forth. And losing does that too. And losing anyone. does that. Right. So yeah. I, I completely understand where that comes from um and guys obviously think they can contribute more they want to do more it's just it's just really just finding that balance i don't think there's a need for more or less um mm. and even from you know the conversation of this team needs a center and that's going to be the quick fix i i don't think so i don't think it's going to be the immediate fix to to this team at all right so yeah yeah you know, tough to really say uh, that's why yeah. they play Bobby Messiah, the big box, and you're <laughs> out here just popping it up, popping it, talking shop. True. Um, I've really liked what I've seen from Presto Chua recently. Um, he's kind of finding himself. And last night he had a, a number of blocks and he was really patrolling that paint, controlling the space and uh, deterring shots. And coming into the season, um, there were some who were thinking that, okay, so do the Raptors make that pivot? Do they make Precious, you know, their starter? And he didn't get off to a great start. He was coming off the bench and he got hurt. But he's back now. And when he is in the game, their defense noticeably gets better. Like, it's not even like maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. No, it does get better. Um, earlier in the season, you know, defense was, well, defense has been a problem all year. But earlier in the season, the, the you know, the pushback would be, you know, Gary is such a good three-point shooter. He's so consistent. You need that. And he's the only one of the current starting five that you would think that might be going to the bench. That's why he did. 
But now with Precious, with the way he's playing in the, I mean, the, the deadline's going to inform this a little bit because it feels like the Raps are going to do something. Um, but what are your thoughts on something like that? Like whatever does happen, um, a starter does leave the starting lineup. Is Precious Achua probably the guy that gets inserted? And it provides, you know, some three-point shooting, um, a stay-at-home defenseman, like I was talking about, who has like a few things that he's asked to do, but not much more. And then the rim protection versatility uh, is certainly going to be an asset. Yeah, I think we don't we don't jump the gun there too much uh, too early because we've been premature. Even with the expectations of this team, it's been a bit premature. Um, and, and you and I were just talking about it before. Just a year ago, we we're talking about this team being a rebuild team, right? And they have a, have a good year last year um, and and exceed expectations. And then now, you know, our heads were spun upside down with how yeah. turbulent they've been. So I think, you know, we're, we're precious concerned. We also got to temper our are, are what we expect of him and just allow him to to grow right because he's still young and I think over the last couple of games is where we've really seen precious less is more right he scaled back yeah. he's, he's doing the things that he's really good at that come mm. naturally to him and we may be getting high on him again which is great but allow him to be that person and not just say okay this he, he can be a quick fix no mm. he's he's playing good basketball right now because he's scaled back less is more Right. He's not doing as much in the, the open quarter or playing as if he's a wing, but mm. he's playing as if he's a forward. He's playing as if he's a big, right? He's getting yeah. on the offensive glass. He's giving you second chance opportunities. He's making energy plays. He's making a- athletic plays. And then now, like, you get him the shots on the perimeter and they're just open, right? And he's yeah. able to knock that down. Uh, yesterday, I seen him give up a, a, an open three to get Fred a three, right? And just, those decisions maturing and just understand, okay, I'm going to give up a good shot to get a great shot, a better shooter, a great shot. Right. So just allowing him to, to understand, okay, step-by-step, 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 and just using my natural God-given ability, I can really impact the game. So I wouldn't just say, yeah, you know, right away, he's had two, three games there. He's playing good basketball and he's got to be the guy to fix this. Now let's, let's just allow him to, to really feel out his way, really to understand the NBA game now, right? And where where he impacts that, where he fits in and how he can utilize his skill. And that for, for young guys as well that have a tremendous amount of ability and have a tremendous amount of athleticism and also playing for a coach that gives you freedom on the offensive end, yeah. you know, it's up to them really to understand how, how to really piece it all together, right? Because as sure. long as you commit on the defensive side, give effort on the defensive side, you're going to have the freedom, um, on the off on the offensive yeah. you weren't it yeah yeah which is sometimes a gift and a curse being that young um because it takes a lot of like maturity it takes a lot of just yeah. self-awareness to say mm. okay I'm, I'm just gonna stick in this lane and i'm gonna allow sure. it to grow out slowly but surely and I, I think early on you know late last year early this year before he had gotten hurt he was still in the mode of no i'm just gonna go 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 right and that kind of that kind of impacted yeah. him a bit negatively. Sure. Now he's he's a bit more tunnel vision, a bit more narrowed, a bit more focused, and mm. we're paying dividends. No question. A few more for you before I let you go. Pascal Siakam, over his last 10 games, his uh, field goal percentage has dipped to 44%. He's averaging 21.6 points per game, eight rebounds, six assists. Teams are guarding him a little bit differently. They're making things a little bit harder on him. Um, what are you seeing? And uh, I guess what are the adjustments necessarily for a Pascal or is it more of a team thing to get him back to that 25 plus? For one, I think, yeah, the numbers have dropped a bit, have dipped a bit. 
but I don't think that's a bad thing. That just tells me that mm. he's garnered so much respect, you know, over the four, the first half of the season that teams are, are really starting to hone in. Teams are really starting to put an asterisk beside his name on their scouting reports and, yeah. and build out their game plans surrounding him. So that to me just is actually a, 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 you commend him and, and you give him his flowers, right? Tip of respect because he's established himself as, as that guy. Yeah. Um, but now when you get to that point, just like some, some of the other greats, some of the other superstars in this league, you've got to identify, okay, now how do I, how do I counter that? Teams are starting to defend me different. Teams are starting to sure. really load up on me. Teams are really starting to pack the paint. As soon as I touch the basketball, teams are sometimes sending two at me right as soon as I get over half to get the ball out of my hands. Mm. These are all good things because it means there's a level of respect that I've garnered across the league, but it also means that now I, I have to read the game different, right? I'm creating an advantage. I don't have to score on every opportunity, but I can create an advantage for my teammates, right? And get the ball where it needs to be, get to those right places. Now it's on my teammates to make the shots that they're supposed to make, this, you know, as a supporting cast, because as soon as they start doing that and do that at a high clip, teams now have to play a bit more honest again. And now I can mm. use my skill set. I'm the best, you know, one-on-one player. I'm the best isolation player on this team, best score, best finisher. Then, you know, it comes right back to me. And now I get to, to do, I get back to being spicy peak, right? But, you know, there's a lot of pros to take from that, a lot of positives to take from that. Sure. And, Firstly, it's the respect that I've that I've earned across the league. And he actually mentioned that too. And that's what you know you love about his mentality, you know, this season is that he's not looking at this as, oh, I gotta fix this now. He's like, this is good, right? Yeah. I wanted I wanted this attention from teams because that's this I'm playing this well. And what's different about him versus maybe some other superstars is that he's gonna impact the game regardless. You know, yeah. his one-on-one defense has been terrific. He's gonna offensive rebound, he's gonna get assists, he's gonna do whatever it takes to win. And that's why he is the player that he is. That's why he's gonna get that big old max in a couple of years. <laughs> uh final question. Okay, Scotty. Barnes. He's being used more as a uh in the pick and roll. He's being more used more as a roller. He's touching the ball more. Um, what are you seeing from him over the past few weeks and why is it so awesome to see? What I like is that let's say this. About a month ago, people were taking jabs at Scotty. Not even yeah. a month ago. Let's just say mm. two weeks ago. Not even two weeks, two, three weeks ago. Everybody's taking jabs at Scotty. You know, he's you know, this 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 was this is supposed to be the rookie of the year and you know really really hard on him really critical on him um and i think he just he just woke up he took every hit he took it he ate every punch and every swing that everybody took at him and yeah. he just woke up and said enough's enough right so that to me like is 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 inspiring to see and i appreciate it because that tells me a lot about his character that tells me a lot about his heart yeah. right that he responded and then just fold didn't deflate and he responded big right it wasn't mm-hmm. some guys especially young guys it takes them a longer time to to really build that thick skin everybody looks at it just basketball they're still humans right they see especially as as young as they are they're on social media daily they they see you know sports center um they, they hear everything right mm-hmm. and they have to endure that and still find ways to produce still find ways to to you know perform at a high level and he did that, right? So forget yeah. the X's and O's part. That's the part to me. And maybe because, you know, I have a soft side for that because I've been in the, in similar shoes, obviously on a smaller scale, but you've got to find ways to get out of your own head 
and, mm. and, and and figure it out. And he's done that, right? And now everybody's talking about him as the second coming again, right? So it's like <laughs> this emotional roller coaster. And yeah. at 21 years old, the world's thrown at you and all this pressure's on you. And there's so much to deal with. But from a, a basketball standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw something out at you. Now, I'm not the biggest guy that's heavy on analytics, but the coaches have done a good job is really putting him in a position now after, you know, experimenting with different looks and, you know, having him handle the ball a bit more, really got him to the, the free throw line now and around the free throw line, high post area where, you know, he can use his court vision, he can use his, his, his athleticism in shorter spaces, less real estate to work. And yeah. those teams really can't just, just play under, right? Because now you have, and a lot of those horn sets where, you know, Fred is setting a screen, sending the screen on him or smaller guard and he gets to, take that, you know, one, two steps and just dip his shoulder into the defense and attack really good in those areas or just using him as a role, man. And as in, in pick and roll and pick and roll situations, Scotty Barnes, and here's a number that's actually pretty crazy. In pick and roll situations as a role, man, Scotty Barnes finishes at a 70%, north of 70% clip, right, from the floor. That's actually pretty absurd, Yeah, right? That's and so we talk about his shooting numbers. We talk about mm-hmm. you know his field goal numbers. But in pick and roll situations where he can really utilize his God-given ability, he puts the ball in a hole, in the hole at a very high clip and makes the right decision, right? So now when you really just, you've got to see him for a, you know, a larger sample size and, you know, gone away with some of the experiments. And now you're actually getting Fred back to, to positions where he's comfortable as well. Sure. You're getting some really good stuff between, between both of those guys. But Scotty has been impressive because it's just the way he does it. He doesn't bat down. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to get dirty. And I think we're also learning about him too. You know, the conversation before about Scotty needs to be a point guard. No, Scotty's power forward. Scotty's a, a point forward, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's sure. fine as well, right? You can be great in your natural position and really impact the game, yeah. really have an influence. We don't necessarily, I know we're in the, the era of position positionless basketball and everybody wants to play up a position or it's cute and sexy to play up positions. And now, well, if, if you are what you are, be the best at that. Right. And that's fine as well. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm excited to see what he has in store for us in the last uh, I mean, 40 games or whatever it is of this season. Javon, thanks so much it's for joining me. Fast. Yeah. It's going real fast when you're losing. <laughs> games. Okay. He is Javon Shepard of TSN. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you real soon. Enjoy. Thanks for having me. Thank you.